episode of the Baller Alert Show. I am Octavia, a.k.a. OCT. Kid Ferrari Simmons. And I am your favorite Ethiopian, Sue Solo. Hey. Okay, energy, energy. That's what I'm talking about. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? I missed y'all. Um, I've been doing all right. I went and protested two days. Mm-hmm. So did I, man. I, you know, right when the when the um when we first, when the rioting and all that first happened that Friday, um, I watched it on TV and I didn't even know it was gonna happen. I just turned on the news and bow. Everybody was just you know protesting. It was peaceful for a yeah. while, and then mm-hmm. um you know they had the, all those police cars outside, and then it then you know it just took one person to get on top of the car. And then someone had the skateboard and started bashing. I was watching it on TV right down the street at the radio station. All hell broke loose, but um, I definitely saw it. And then that morning, that Saturday morning, I went to go clean up after my people because, you know, I think everybody has a role. And yes, although mine wasn't to be out there, you know, you know, raising cane that night. I definitely or felt, just simply protesting. Yeah, just simply protesting, of course. But I just feel like you know my my energy was met um, elsewhere and doing the work in another capacity. Yes, we can all contribute in our own ways. I actually did protest uh, one of the days on the first day of the protest. Actually, I went over to Jackson Street. You know that really popular bridge that people go to, and I just. I just wanted to look over the city, just look over Atlanta, and I said a prayer to myself, and sure enough, at 8.57, a couple of cop cars pulled up to the bridge and told everyone that we had to leave and go home. Once I got home, once I got to my building, I decided to go up to the rooftop because I just, I was really, I really can't describe how I felt, but I was overwhelmed with whatever that feeling was. I wasn't done praying. I needed to go to the rooftop and just have some quiet time. When I get up there, mind you, our rooftop is still closed due to COVID-19. Okay, when I get up there, there is a whole techno party. All white people, with the exception of one black person, a full-blown DJ. Like, they, like the DJ was going in. It was loud. And it made me fall into that feeling even more because I thought to myself, wow, life is so different for white people like look at y'all you guys are literally up here enjoying this like it's nothing going on like like the police aren't lined up outside like people aren't protesting people aren't being you know victimized by the police and it definitely put me in my feelings more to see that it was actually hurtful um i did a um demonstration um i laid down on the concrete with my hands behind my back i didn't have nobody's knee on my neck but just lying down on that concrete for eight minutes and some change. The same time, um, officer had his his uh, knee on uh, George Floyd's neck. Just lying down on there for almost nine minutes was a lot to just lie down on the concrete. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right because I did a peaceful protest too. Because I, I I be protesting, you know, throughout throughout the week of and last week as well but um last weekend i protested with some essential workers and we actually kneeled in the park um for that same amount of time the eight minutes and 46 seconds i believe right. or 47 mm-hmm. um and that was a long time so you're absolutely right man it's yeah, a lot I'm, I'm talking about it's f- four minutes and then it was like six minutes i'm over here like wow his neck and as it got to eight minutes i'm like wow his neck his knee was on his this guy's neck for this long and i'm over here like this is crazy and then i met two uh young um caucasian um girls they were both 17 years old and they were outside with us peaceful prof- peaceful protesting of course we posted that on ball alert and i posted it on my page at ferrari simmons um and they were so educated um and i had asked them also off the camera about their parents and then they, t- they told me that their parents were kind of on the fence but they told it they they told their parents that they stood with us and they were coming out to protest with or without their parents consent and i thought that was dope and I love that. Generation Z is changing the world. Um, you know, they are allowing themselves to do the work to learn. You know, I've been learning some things from, you know, random white people on social media. I'm like, I didn't know Central Park used to be black land. I, I didn't know that. Um, it, you know, 30. What did she say? Two grocery stores, banks, schools, all this, all these things. And I just cannot believe how suppressed African-American, real African-American history is. 
Yes, I agree. And, you know, one thing that we have now that wasn't available in the 60s is social media. You know, everybody has a phone and all the kids have a phone. So they're able to, you know, see things and then research themselves and then educate themselves. And then, you know, you don't have to agree with your parents. It's just like that one um that young lady I I forget her name but it went viral when she was arguing with her dad and mom about you know educating herself on Black Lives Matter and they were um, you know saying that she don't really know what it's like and you're just you know you're just reading it on the phone you're not actually out there I work in the ghetto you know what they were talking about so I am glad to see people are you know taking the initiative especially young kids and going out and doing the research and educating themselves and not you know just taking their parents word for it yeah i love that it it seems like communities are getting stronger people are actually coming together for a purpose outside of partying smoking drinking chilling Mm -hmm. like we actually have more of a purpose um and and i do want to mention that i'm actually teaming up with um the book bank foundation and the book bank executive board member which is k bocce i know everybody knows k bocce um desi banks as well you know comedian desi and we are requesting that people People join us in a march for unity and basically what we're going to do one block at a time we're going to do a community cleanup starting at the west end mall so we will all meet at the uh, biggest parking lot at the west end mall we'll talk about what our mission is and then we want to walk that area and clean up as much as we can make sure we're communicating with the neighborhood and let them know that we are here we're here for each other and so if if you guys can make it out please come out this saturday the march for unity this saturday 11 30 a.m saturday june 13th you can go to my page and get more information at underscore susolo s-u-s-o-l-o if you are down dope well we got more on black lives matter on the ball alert show let's get into in case you missed it though just in case you missed it Okay, this is probably one of the best things that can happen to an ATLian or an Outcast fan. Andre 3000 is alive and well, okay? Yes. Andre 3000, um, he made a post on Instagram. So, you know, hip-hop lovers around the world, we all miss Andre 3000. We know him as half of the supergroup Outcast. And he actually scared us a little while ago when he shared that He wasn't feeling inspired, you know, that it was difficult for him to not only make new music, well, to not only release new music, but to make it, period, because he was just uninspired. So it was scary. We didn't know what that meant. We didn't know if he was leaving us for good. But back in May of 2018, he had actually posted his first thing on social media. If y'all remember, it was a screenshot of a text message. um, And we didn't really see much of him up until this past was it tuesday yeah up until this past uh wednesday actually and he came online to promote a shirt and the black lives matter movement he also asked a question he said something very important is happening all over the world and it is happening to all of us how does it make you feel and i don't know what it is about andre 3000 asking a question even if it's just on freaking social media i sat there and i thought about hmm how do i feel how do I feel? Yeah, um, I, I definitely think that it's important for all of our, you know, black musicians and um, celebrities to come out and shed light on issues that are going on right now and, you know, doing what they can and lifting their voices and asking questions as in how do you feel, you know, um, and sharing with us the public because we need all we can. We need all hands on deck to keep a consistent conversation about what's going on. No, nah, facts. And uh, Andre 3000 is, uh, of course, the top three uh, of my favorite rappers, Dead or Alive. And um, when he speaks, we need to listen. Mm-hmm. I want to know what's going to happen with music now. Is Andre going to feel compelled to make the Black Lives Matter soundtrack? I would say so. Um he yeah if if he especially if he said he was lacking inspiration um we have never been so inspired to do anything like to be mm-hmm. successful down to you know being a lot more to sh- to show a lot more empathy towards each other as um a black race um even towards other races i mean keep in mind hispanics are is presidents prejudices about against them too it's racism against uh mexican uh people who are not white 
a lot a lot of a lot of whites don't like more than just african-americans it's other people too totally it just seems like you know black people are at the bottom of the barrel though you know we are it, it just seems like it never stops and i'm definitely not taking away from any other minority group because we know that injustice lives everywhere we absolutely know that but we feel like our voices are the least important and it's gotten to a point where we have had enough of that and we're going to make you hear us facts yeah Andre 3000 is coming mm-hmm. and as far as him you know making music I'm just glad that we're able to see him and him able to speak about what's going on you know in this time so if it's just t-shirts he's selling or whatever I'm just glad that he's voicing he's sharing his voice with us and letting us know you know he's here to lend his hand and to you know make his mark right I know we often say, you know, black folk in particularly, there's a a popular saying right now, I am not your ancestors, I will beat your ass. You know, I know a lot of us have been hearing it, but these younger white kids, especially, you know, the, the two young ladies that Rari interviewed, they are showing us that they're not even their parents. Forget the ancestors. I am not my racist parents. And I love, I love that they are putting it on blast. I just hope that these kids are safe. <laughs> I, just, I really hope they're safe. Because if I was a racist pappy, I am whooping your ass. You're going to starve. You're going to do all, like, you will not embarrass me. Yeah. Um, but I think, like you said, we said earlier, Generation Z is changing the world. Um, the way that they view things, the way that they see things, it's, you know, technology is different now. Um, again, racism is just being filmed. It always was there before. We just didn't really see it the way that we see it now. And when we see it, it looks bad. Um, you look at the Instagram pages, social media, Karen's gone wild. Um, I think it's another page, another Karen's page, because they're calling Karen's the racist white women. So uh, all on social media, you can see people posting racist and people are getting fired. People are getting fired, suspended yes. without pay. And when you see that happening, that's when you'd be like, thank you. But this has been going on since forever. And yep. we, you know, us as African-Americans, we were kind of just like, damn, that's just how it is. Kind You never really mm-hmm. understood like to see justice, just normal racism, justice at work. Now, when you see things like this happening now, white people got to think a little different. And mm-hmm. I hate saying white people because I'm not racist. You know what I'm saying? Because I grew up. You're not up. being racist by saying it. And we're only talking about racist white people. Whether yeah, you know I know. You're I'm racist just saying, or you're not. I'm just like, okay, so racist white people are going to think twice before they do anything. Because now you can lose your job. You can lose. Um, you can get fired from whatever you got going on. If you're in a club, whatever you, they will denounce you. You so can go to jail. now you got to start thinking twice, motherfucker. Facts. I like that shit. But it's never, keep in mind, what, 10 years ago? Just 10 years ago. This was never like this like 10 years ago, bro. 10 weeks ago. 10 weeks ago. <laughs> forget, facts. Forget that. 10 weeks ago. But I'm proud. I am so proud to see all yeah. these people on the front line. I'm proud to see people boycotting businesses. I'm proud to see people share their experiences. And honestly, this is the shift. I feel like if we do it's not let this be last week's news, do not let this be last week's news. Keep fighting don't let up because next week they probably gonna hit us with all these coronavirus headlines or whatever the case is black people and allies do not forget what we are fighting for because the way these people play is dirty and it's something that we do not understand so and uh, before we switch, switch subjects, shout out to my white friends to, that have been standing up and saying something. Yes. And um, that's been calling uh, me and other people that's been posting and uh, being out there with us. Um, and if you don't, because I, I, I did have one white friend called me and said, you know, I'm, how do I help? What do I do? You know, I'm, and he, I knew I knew him to not be a very vocal person, but I told him it's other things that you can do. And I just was talking to him about other options. And I think that that's dope, too. Fuck Drew Brees, by the way. Go ahead. For real. All right. Well, um, speaking of heat and the uh, social climate out here in the world, Trina had an opinion <laughs> that a lot Trina. of people are not I rocking Trina, with. Man. Hey, hey. Can we, can we play the audio of the original? Keep everybody off the street, these animals off the streets that are running around in Miami-Dade County acting like they have escaped from a zoo. Lock them up at 5 p.m. so the streets can be nice and clean. That's how I feel. What the streets got to do with the people's lives? 
You got money. We're not talking about the lies. We're not talking about money. We're not talking about the lies. That means tear by city. Ain't nobody tear up no city. That means tear by that means run through and tear by stores and burn down our stuff and breaking our stores. And go and tear up Bayside Marketplace and tear up my friend's shop that has a son and the kid to take care of her family. You go demolish the shop for something. It's always personal with you. It's definitely personal. It's definitely personal because I feel like at the end of the day. Your friend got insurance. She got insurance, but she also been locked down for 60 days, also like us. And she also don't have money like me. So I don't approve of it, period. Yeah, okay. So that's what Trina said. Okay, now she did. I myself, she did an apology, which I thought was too little, too late. She, I mean, that's what always happens, right? You know, the thing is, when I was listening to it, I, I felt bad for Trick. Okay, I felt like Trick, Trick was trying to save was her. Really he was trying to, to save, save her. her twice. He was trying. He on was trying. Radio. And on top of that, he tried to keep it cool. You know, he didn't want to go off. He tried to keep it cool. And I feel like when your friend warns you of something in that manner you got to know that's serious like but trina was in her zone she was in her feelings she could she was it's like she wasn't listening she had to say what she wanted to say and that was it nothing else mattered called us animals said to lock the protesters up at 5 p.m so the streets can be clean it made me sad it broke my heart the undertone of that so the streets can be clean come on man it's certain things then she called them caged and she need we need to uh cage the animals or something like man listen bro that ain't how you do that and now you're you well you know she's still on the radio keep in mind i love trina i I loved her music keep in mind but wasn't a big fan of trina as the rapper but Mm -hmm. just what she stood for because you know i'm from down that way you know what I'm saying? And just hearing somebody who sounded, you know, like where I was from, I thought that was dope when she first came out in her career. But my thing is, damn, man, when you on the radio and you speaking to millions of people, you have to be mindful how you articulate yourself. And that's that's very important to media people, mm-hmm. people who have a large following. You have to be mindful of how you articulate yourself because people who follow you sometimes really follow you, follow what you say, follow what you do. They look up to you and you don't even know it. You know what I'm saying? So you have to be careful and mindful how you articulate yourself. That's why the rappers have so many people who do what they rap about. And we be trying to get on these rappers like, yo, if y'all going to rap about this stuff, be accurate. If you're not, if that's not your lifestyle, don't rap about that. Because these kids are thinking you are this big drug lord when you really aren't. Man, listen. So these... back to Trina. Well, I got you. Back to Trina. You got to be careful. You, She was caught in the heat of the moment i know in my heart she probably didn't mean it how she said it but you said it and you said it with conviction and when you I do think that she meant it i think i think she showed a lot of concern for her her friend's business that was unfortunately vandalized i think to her that was more important than what the actual message of mm, of mm, all mm. of this is and it, it's very hurtful it's very hurtful and i think we have to realize there is a such thing as black privilege, okay? And it, it definitely don't look anything like white privilege, but there is a such thing as black privilege. And most of the time, unfortunately, the people who have advanced in their careers, the people that made it, you know, made it out the mud and got where they are and feel like, oh, well, I'm, I'm having meetings full of white people. Oh, these record execs, they respect me. Oh, look how these producers treat me. I, I'm so-and-so. I'm so-and-so. You cannot forget that you're being exploited, okay? Like, if you're looking around in the room and all you see is white people and that brings joy to you, something is wrong with that. Something is wrong with that. That is how the system set us up. I know there have been plenty of times where people will lean towards working with a white person because it looks better. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, mm-hmm. it looks like you made it. And I think sometimes black people who have reached a certain level of success, they get stuck on that. And they turn their backs on Sucks. us. And, and they start talking about us like those white people talk about us. And, and it's not okay. Trina forgot. Trina forgot for a minute. She definitely forgot. Now, I don't know if her apology was genuine. I don't know if she truly understands now. But what do we do with, you know, people in our community on such large platforms saying things like that? What, what do we do? Um, I think all PRs, and I'll let you go after this, I, I think all PRs and people who, uh, managers, should be sitting their artists down, sitting their clients down. I think I, post, I posted this a couple of, about a week and a half ago when a lot of people started getting canceled. And it's a whole thing called Cancel Nation, too. We can't just be out here canceling everybody. That ain't 
a, a good idea. But I will say to the people who presume to be canceled or uh, managers out there and people who have clients, PR people, we need to sit down and speak to these to your clients, your high end clients about how to articulate them, your, themselves on social media, because um, just going and speaking off the fly may not be the best thing for you to do. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you don't if you don't mean something a certain way, you might not want to say it without really properly writing down your thoughts and, and articulating yourself, especially if you have a large platform. You know what I'm saying? And I think we're going to speak to somebody in the next coming days about about something that she said on an interview and how people just twisted it and took it a whole different way. And some things she tweeted. We'll be talking to her about that, too. Right, guys? Mm-hmm. You already know <laughs> uh, what you had to say. Um, These days, the tolerance for black disrespect is at an all time low. Agree. It doesn't matter whatever race the disrespect for black lives is over with. I understand she was upset about her homegirl store being looted, but the way she went about it on her show, like you said, you know, was it was horrible. And it was really general to me. Like she just lumped all the peaceful protesters in Mm -hmm. with the looters all Mm -hmm. together. I do understand the frustrations of the people who presented and signed the petition. And I'm not surprised. There's a real is, petition out to get yes, her fired. Yes, uh huh. Wow. And I'm not surprised this is happening, Trina. You know, as far as her, um, as far as them wanting her to be fired, I understand. Um, she did not agree with the looting, um, but like you said, Robert, she could have expressed herself in a different way. And you know, poor Trick, like you were saying, Sue, he was sitting there trying to dial her back, but I felt like her emotions were getting the best of her, and the apology didn't even match the initial passion that she had when she was saying what she was saying yeah that's the thing too the apology didn't match never do though do they but the apologies never match. she never wanted to apologize either because initially when she said what she said the first time she went on twitter and said i said what i said that right there told me that she really meant it so like i i do i will have to say sue you were right but i kind of felt like I think maybe that's the fan of Trina and me that was like, damn, man, she ain't she ain't mean it like that, did she? Damn, Trina. Yeah. And, you know, you got to be careful with their words. Everybody seems to be uh, tripping up around here. But that's why you got the petition out now. You know what I'm saying? And I believe right now they have like 15,000 signatures to try to get her fired, uh, removed from her position at um, the radio station. But, you know. If that had been any other person, you know, especially like a white person that would have said what they said, they would have been removed. You yeah, know? we we cannot afford wow, to have black people good on that kind of platform. Wow, I just thought like about that. that. Wow, you are right. Wow. Well, this that is also sense. something I want to point out, you know, because, Vara, you mentioned cancel culture and how real it is. And the thing is, I do feel like within our communities, we need to be a little more patient with each other. We definitely need to start giving each other constructive criticism more so than coming at them. Do I agree um, that... You know, she should get fired. I can't necessarily say that, but I can definitely say that I don't think we have the capacity to allow black people to say those kinds of things about black people on that type of a platform. Agreed. Well, if that was the case, then the board op should have cut her mic and, you know, saved her then. Mm. I wonder who that person was. Uh, Yeah, that's such a tricky situation because I'm pretty sure they probably wasn't trying to go viral. They were speaking and she went she just flew left. She just went all the way left. And at that point, you kind of just in a state of a 30 second shock. Like you were over here like, what? I know people that was listening in the car was like, what the hell is what? Man, that's sitting there looking like trick. Like, please shut up. (laughs) Uh, what's the what's next, Sue? Well, we discussed Andre 3000, Trina, and we kind of already went in on the Black Lives Matter movement. But I do want to say again, you know, thank you to everybody that is holding it down. Uh, B. Simone, I'm sorry the Internet is dragging you. We will definitely talk more about talk B. Simone to, talk a little Simone. later on as we talk with Ebenezer. Ebenezer is a Nigerian London artist producer all types of things so we're gonna talk to him and also go through his uh rope collection mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and uh, going back to the politics of everything um i just want to talk about voting for a second 
Um, the issues that we just had on June 9th, man, there were so many issues out there, you know, um, as far as, you know, the long hours, it rained. You had people out there in the rain, um, the technical issues, the machines not being delivered to, to the right places. You had workers not even being able to work the machines. Um, and this happened like in counties like Fulton, DeKalb, and a lot of the areas where the large black populations were in Georgia. Now, Brad Rathers, Raffersburg, um, Raffersburg, I believe his name is, the Secretary of State is blaming the county leaders and saying that the problems should have been taken care of months in advance. And um, you also have people like Hillary Clinton who took to Twitter and saying what happened in Georgia, you know, was by design and that voter suppression is a threat to our democracy. You also had Keisha Lance Bottoms tweeting on actual voting day that um, if you're in line, please stay in line. Don't let your vote be suppressed. So, you know, I just wanted to kind of get y'all opinion on and y'all experience in voting because mine, I went out there crack of dawn. Like I got up and I, I caught myself trying to get there early. Um, I got there like 630. The line was already down the street and it took me like a good two hours, you know, just to get in the door. Then when I actually got in and had my ballot in hand ready to scan, um, the machine wasn't working, you know, to scan the ballot. And so I had to sit there another like 45 minutes just for them to get the the tech support on the phone and for them to fix the um, problem. So what were y'all experiences? Well, lucky for me, I'm an early voter, honey. I don't know why more people do not take more advantage of that. There were so many options, absentee ballots. You could have just gone to vote early. However, I am not excusing the fact that they screwed us in Georgia on that particular day. I have friends that actually went to go early vote. Jason, as a matter of fact, he went to early vote the week before and he waited four hours then and was still not able to vote. Then he had to go back on the, the regular um, vote day and he waited another four hours. Mm-hmm. So in total, it took him eight hours to get his his vote in. Yeah. Um, well, you know, keep in mind also uh, a little fact uh, they weren't used to us voting before, so therefore it never was vote uh, machines and all that stuff were never in the areas that people were voting in before. It was only a few people that voted um, in, of our racial background before. But now, since people are voting and pe- we're active, this is the most active I've ever seen voting since the Obama uh, yeah. administration in 2008. Mm-hmm. I never forget that because it was like, you have to vote. It's almost like life or death but now yep. it's it we're is. treating voting like it's life or death as it much is. as possible because we can see change i believe i forgot what state it was uh, arkansas i double check but um they had they posted a uh, for the first time ever they have a african-american mayor mm-hmm. in one of the states right. in, this, in the midwest and i just thought that was so dope so people are actually seeing examples of african-american or just voting for people that use that you share your your values with them you know what i'm saying people Um, are definitely understanding the importance of it i mean let's celebrate offset you know one third of the migos he voted for the first time i think he's 28 or 29 years old so this is really inspiring us to wake up yes and even if you don't know that you can just find out find out these people will trick you even uncle snoop said it he said that he was tricked into believing that he cannot vote yes and and that's the thing i was saying people are now doing research to see if they're eligible to vote so so many people are voting for the first time ever and they're grown adults like they're in their late 20s voting for the first time ever locally and nationally. And that is the big thing that we're missing. And when we're yes. seeing it, it's dope. I waited uh, an hour. I believe it was like 45 minutes to an hour. Not but bad. it was people my age there. Mm-hmm. And I do agree with you, Sue. You should people could can take advantage of the um, early voting. I'm one to like to go out on actual voting day, you know, and experience it on voting That's day. That's who I am too. And I, yeah, and I like to go out and help anybody who can't get around to voting, you know. Um, right. that that's my type. I, I like to I like to kind of do that on voting day. So that's one of the reasons why I was very nervous about it. Um, you know, just I don't know. You know, I, it's uncomfortable because you don't know is your voice truly being heard. But then it's like you really don't know when you go to the machines. And unfortunately, the state of Georgia, they show us every election that they fuck us over every time. 
yeah, you know, voter suppression is very real. However, um, it's still a right that we have to exercise because I feel like, you know, we had people dying for us to vote. You know, even not too long ago, there was a post um, on Instagram, I believe on Baller Alert or uh, it was it went viral. But a, a, a lady showing papers on where she had to pay two dollars just to vote, you know, where we had to actually pay to vote. So I feel like we have this opportunity now as black people and we should exercise that right. Amen. Amen. Uh, Um, Yeah. I'm just, I just want to say lastly for George Floyd, um, speak on that a little bit, you know, under the circumstances, which are horrible and what happens to George Floyd, um, rest in peace. I feel like in this moment, it has awakened so many people. And although we, we are in this pandemic, you know, which everyone seemed to have forgotten because we all saw like, you know, ain't nothing happening. But um, the restrictions that formulated within the pandemic, you know, with us staying in the house, no sports, no new TV shows, things like that forced us to focus on, you know, the horrific topics at hand you know and it's kind of impossible for everybody to turn a blind eye and I'm pleased to see everybody every celebrity stepping up you know unifying within the black lives community and you know people joining us and um doing doing what we can to reach justice I I, I applaud us and you know it's just like um Joe Budden who just gave us a shout out you know on Ball Alert for posting and you know doing what we can to keep the awareness out there you know and and enforcing change within the world we definitely appreciate that facts well uh, uh, very intelligently said thank you yeah at this point you know my only prayer is consistency I just hope you know we keep we stay consistent so we have to we gotta hold each other accountable and understand that we are doing this for ourselves our children and the generations to come yeah. And now it's time for a word from our sponsors. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You're listening to the Baller Alert Show. Hi, Ball Alert, Ball Alert. We have uh, Mr. Uh, super Producer Ebenezer, correct? Man, he's the super producer, super engineer, super yeah. songwriter. This man does it all. Now, uh, super the artist. first question, what is, where does your name come from? Is that your real name, Ebenezer? Yeah, that's my actual name. Um, Get it's out of a Bible name given to me by my parents. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say I know too many people with a nickname Ebenezer, so <laughs> and you're Nigerian, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm Nigerian. Um I was born in London, but Nigerian descent. Yeah, I was gonna say you're Nigerian, but you sound like you're from Great Britain. <laughs> <laughs> from London. Yeah, I'm from London. Yay, you hear me? I'm from London. That's dope. 
So do you go to Nigeria often? No, uh, unfortunately, I've only been once. Wow. I, 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 didn't, I didn't actually want to go to Nigeria to begin with because growing up in London, they always used to show videos of like Africa or people with flies on their faces. Mm-hmm. And it always just kind of used to like deter me and put me off. And then I went there and there's nothing like what you see on the adverts that they, the propaganda messages like, I, like Nigeria is so beautiful and amazing. I'm going to try and go back this year again. I felt like that too. I was actually born in uh, the United States, but I'm Ethiopian and I did not want to go to Ethiopia at all. I was like, mom, I'm not trying to see these hungry people. I mean, it, it was bad. It was really bad. And I got there and fell in love. I literally cried like a bitch when it was time to leave. Like I <laughs> did not want to leave Africa. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate that that's the propaganda they tried to sell to us in the uh, Western society um, or the Western hemisphere that uh, Africa is so poor and deprived. But I'm like, we have poor and deprived people in our own countries here. Mm-hmm. So that propaganda, I don't buy into it. And I suggest nobody buy into it because it's, it's just nonsense. Now you're saying here, like, are you in London now? Mm-hmm. I flew back to London. I was in LA, but I flew back to London because we have free healthcare. Uh, could you explain to us the single that uh, we see that is uh, popping everywhere? Flaws and all. Flaws and all. How you come up with this concept right here? Uh, it was literally about my ex. Um, oh. <laughs> all the yeah, way true or just bits and pieces of it? All the way true. Like, I have to give her credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say her name in case she tries to come and get some... Now, Ebenezer, I must say, I did catch your interview on lip service. Shout out to Angela Yee. And is this the same ex that came to your house? Uh, What was it like? She drove like three hours to your house and stood outside and you made her go home? Yeah, she drove three and a half hours to come to come and quote unquote lay with me. I was like, nah, B, (laughs) you're about to be three and a half hours back. He must got that HD. Sent her to the roof. Oh, whoa, whoa! I, I don't, I don't know. That little said, "Baby boy." <laughs> she wasn't no, getting I, starfish, huh? You no, know, she was. Uh, boy, uh, <laughs> you really listened to that interview. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't go through all the headache and all of that drama again. I was like, it's not worth it. Even just for one night, it's still not worth it. Okay. Um, so, you're dropping music. Are you signed? Yes. Uh, I just signed to a label called 12 Tone in America that is run by Doug Morris and Steve Bartles. Uh, Steve Bartles just came from Def Jam. Uh, Doug Morris has been at all of the labels, Universal, Sony, and Warner. So, yeah, there's a good bunch of people. they got Anderson Pack on the label, so... And they just let me, they give me full creative control to drop as much as I want, do as much music as I want. And yeah, mm-hmm. they're just super supportive. So I'm grateful. I'm really grateful. Now, that was that- actually where I was going. I was going to ask you, you know, being signed in America, do you feel like they're putting parameters on the type of music you can put out or trying to keep you from doing your thing? No, because um, my music don't, if you hear my music, you can't tell where I'm from. I don't sound like I'm from London. So they just literally let me do whatever I want and say, we give you full creative control, we believe in you, we believe in your music. And yeah, they just, they just literally best play. Um, I'd done a song literally two days ago and they're letting me drop it next week. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... They, you know, really now I was going to say, uh, you write, produce, mix, perform your records, engineering. What made you get to that point you know as far as being an artist because i produce an engineer as well and it's just like i know for me sometimes you just tired of waiting on people to do yeah. certain things for you what was it like for you how did you get to the point of like doing everything for yourself literally exactly what you said um tired of waiting i'm very i'm patient but at the same time i'm very impatient um something that i can do for myself i hate waiting for someone else to do it for me and I didn't want to procrastinate any longer. So I, was, I used to, I started off as a songwriter trying to get people to send me beats. People were taking long to send me beats. I was like, ah, oh, I'm going to do it myself. Then it went to, I need someone to demo it for me. Same thing. Everyone was just moving along. Started doing it myself. Next thing you know, I'm where I am right now due to the grace of God and so many great people behind me. And all the people who slept on me and it was taking long are the same people blowing up my phone now. Please, can I get, please, can I get? And it's just like, it's just how the game goes. Uh, 
and not take my, my time. Yeah, um, but I, I I worked hard for mine. It's this this didn't come overnight. I I spent like years working hard. I slept on my studio floor for weeks. Didn't go home. Didn't have a change of clothes because I couldn't afford it. So this isn't just all of a sudden. Yeah, he's working with Ty Dolla Sign and he's got records out and it's doing well. No, there's a lot of pain and like lots. Of, I, there's so many times I wanted to quit music. So many times I was going to. What was your first break that showed you that you can keep doing this? I, I was in a catch-22. Um, I was trying to get records to people, but people won't take the records because I didn't have any credentials under my belt. I didn't. I haven't written for like your A-listers yet. And mm-hmm. I couldn't get in with the A-listers because I hadn't I haven't had the song. So I was in a like, cycle. I was in a loop. Um, and one of my friends sent my song they asked him for a song and he sent my song instead and then they loved the song and it was like yeah we want to use this song and he was like yeah i didn't do this my friend did oh wow yeah that's a really like, good friend who who was that guy who was that uh trey's on one of my best friends um he he literally put on for me when i had nothing did you buy him a rope one of you need to give him one of <laughs> <laughs> you come on versace poppy that, that, Vin, no, that fendi I, I one looks him, good i get him other stuff like i like Anything that drops, like, gadgets, right? Like, Apple Watches, <laughs> iPhones, Gucci, whatever you want. I'll just, I'll make sure he's straight because mm-hmm. he really did put on for me when nobody, everybody left me. The people I used to run with left me by myself. So I was literally solo dolo trying to make ends meet. Uh, I was over five grand in debt. My friends were paying my studio bills, like my other friends. And he was always like, oh, it's a matter of uh, when, not if. So just, you know, just stick with it. And I was like, fuck you, Trey, I don't want to hear that. Like, I need to go hit the streets, I need to go make money. He's like, no, trust me, trust me. And then I made my, my record, 53 Sundays. And then that's when my life really changed. But he mm-hmm. put on for me early and still puts on for me now. So You did mention t- uh, working with Ty Dolla Sign. Uh, I see that you worked with a few other people, Stefan Don, Jeremiah, Craig David. I like Stefan. Really interesting to me. I'm, a, I'm actually going to a house literally after this interview. I do want to ask you, when these artists are, you know, looking to work with you, do you think they're looking for a specific sound? Like, is there an Ebenezer sound that people are going for? Uh, I don't think there's a specific sound simply because I can do everything to, uh, I would say, a phenomenal standard, whether it be pop, R&B, hip-hop, K-pop. I've got Billboard number one with a, with a Korean boy band, so no. I don't think it's a specific really? sound I'm looking for. It's just they know whatever I'm going to give them. It's going to be uh, amazing and not like everyone else's. Yeah. Well, you gave us Bad Romance 1. You know, it was nice, but Bad Romance 2 now. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. little them undertones in that in that, that project a little darker. What's up with yeah. that? Bad Romantic Two completely like it completely shits on uh Bad Romantic One. Um when I made Bad Romantic One, it was just literally girls telling me, Oh, you're bad romantic, you're terrible with communication, mm. you're bad with timekeeping, etc. etc. So I took it almost as a joke and just made Bad Romantic One like ha 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 ha. I know you say I'm a bad romantic, so here's bad romantic. About Romantic 2, I kind of saw that, hold on a second, I think they're actually right, because I really do struggle with time, and I do struggle with um, communications, simply because of how much work I do. Not only do I write, produce, mix, record, all for myself, I do it for other artists as well. So it's, it's a bit hard trying to find uh, time to balance for myself. And when I finally get some free time, I want to spend it with myself sometimes. I don't get enough me time. So Bad Romantic 2 has a much, like you said, a much darker undertone and it's more serious. And it's literally was just addressing so many situations and um, relationships that I had been in. Um, for instance, the one where I sampled uh, Candy Burr's um, I was just about to ask you that about the uh, if uh, three a.m. Yeah, three a.m. You sample candies. Uh, don't think I'm not. What made yeah. you uh, sample candy? Were you like a big Escape fan growing up? Uh, yeah, I, I grew up. See, in in my house, I was fortunate enough. Like my sister was a big R and B head. She's older than me, four years older than me. Big R and B head, so she listened to Escape, Cisco, Boys to Men, Branch. She listened to all of them. And then I had my brother, he was a big hip-hop head. So I grew up on Nas, Jay-Z, Big L, Big Pun, uh, Tupac, Biggie. I grew up on like the legends and the greats and people who stood mm-hmm. for something, who said something. So I was fortunate. And so I've got a back catalogue of memories that are like all stored. And I was talking to my friend. Uh, I was like, yo, I really want to sample 
when you're out in the club, don't think I'm not. Because literally, my, the girl I was dating at the time literally always tried to make me jealous, always post videos of her in a club with the ballers, her with the rappers, with the trappers. I'm like, darling, like, if you can do it, I can do it too. I can be out with the models. I've, I've got loads of models friends. I've got like, loads of friends who are like, wild, only fans friends. I've, I've got them all. Like, <laughs> so um, it literally was just to address that situation. And it turned out it came out really dope. And Candy loved it. She posted it on her Instagram. She said, it was amazing, the flip that you've done on the record. I'm, I love it. Blah, blah. I was like, damn. Wow. Damn. <laughs> All right, are you guys done? Because I have my question, man. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> All right, bro, get up. Let's, let's see these robes, bro. Come on. Sachi Poppy, baby. Now, how much, approximately how much was this, that robe you have on? That's, that's, that looks like a $4,000 robe. This cost a pretty penny. Um, in America, it costs more than it does in the UK um, because you guys have import tax on. Oh, yeah, I got you. Foreign clothes from the EU. So this one, I've got this one in blue and I've got this one in red. I have also got the Versace Papi, I'm a fuck your bitch edition. Ooh. <laughs> Versace Papi on the weekend edition. The Versace Papi meet me at the hotel. Are there any black designers that make robes like this? I, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. We're going to find out. We're going to damn you. We're going to be, we're going to uh, hit you on the gram please, and all that. Please. Yeah, we got to make sure. Instantly. Yeah, we gotta make sure you have some black-owned robes in that collection somewhere. Of course, I'm I'm trying to do my own black-owned like designs myself. Um, I finally yeah. contacted my manufacturing company um, overseas, so I'm just gonna try and get them to start. That's dope. Speaking of uh, black-owned, how has it been as far as protesting in the UK? Have you uh, been a part of any protests or? Unfortunately, I couldn't go out simply because I'm high risk. I've got asthma, so um, I, I was advised not to go out um, to protest, but I so desperately wanted to. Um, but I'm literally on my phone 24-7, just, just trying to, you know, trying to stay connected. Um, UK, I keep telling people UK is the father of colonial racism and, you know, oppression because the UK started it. Um, mm. America just continued it and did it well, although it's continued in the UK as well. UK is very racist. We we tried to take down some statues, like people... Yeah, I was like, going to ask about Bristol. Yeah. And imagine, yeah, so the UK waters are very dirty and muddy. Yeah. Um, after we got thrown in, you had, like, members of Tommy Robinson's, like, fascist organization dive into the water to fish it out. Get the heck out of here! You have to be to dive in the water to fish it out. That is disgusting. I wonder where the descendants are. Like with all these statues coming down, where are their families? Are they fighting for the statues? Another information that was just uh, found out. So, in the UK, to apologize to the slave owners for making them lose so much money the government decided to give them over 16.8 billion pounds. So 2015, since 2015, we have been, us taxpayers have been paying the slave owners for reparations. Oh, squeeze me? Oh, no. Does that even make sense? Get out of here. No, it doesn't make any sense. We've been paying you because you're no longer a slave owner. Wow. That See, is racism in the UK is very subtle. It's very subtle. No, I've, I've, uh-uh. it's, no it's public. I've got, got videos on my phone. I can send you videos of police grabbing me, putting me in a headlock, police grabbing you? me, throwing me on the car, police like, attacking me at my mum's house, trying to reach into my car, get out, we're going to break, like, smash your car in. They've done the wildest things to me. I've got them all on video. My friends wow. go through it every day. We get it overtly in our faces. The, the wow. ones that are subtle are the ones where you're trying to go and apply for a job and you have someone who is less qualified um, and then you have a black person with an, with an African name like Kwaku Kofi Awansu and he's got a very high grade and just on his name alone, they know he's black. He's not getting a job. Mm. You know what? I can say that it is blatant there because Ball Alert just posted a uh, post of of somebody in the UK and they were trying to get into their house their in their neighborhood or something. And yep. the police stopped them and said, you know, I had stopped you because you're black. 
Yep. I had to just period. <laughs> I was That's like, crazy. what? I didn't know it was that bad over there like yeah, that. The only, no. only the only difference is which um which pains me to say is when we get arrested, I still know that I can go home. In America, you don't know if you're going home, if that's going to be your last interaction or not. Because right. your police have guns. Our police don't have guns. Mm. Didn't know that. So in order know. to have a gun, you have to go under um, stringent training and like, mm. like So you can't just be bullied at school and one day decide to be, I'm a cop, I'm going to become a cop. And I'm gonna get a gun and be able to. It's, it, it doesn't make no sense. It, yeah. it takes longer for you to become a barber to, to go through barber training than it is to be a police officer and get a gun. Do you know how ridiculous that sounds? It's horrible. It don't make no sense. And then when you try and explain to someone, all lives matter. Yes, we agree. But for some reason, black the black lives doesn't seem to matter amongst a, a vast majority of people. And so how can that all lives matter statement be true? Exactly. It's, a, it's a false positive. It doesn't make sense. And it's always coming from people who say, I don't see race. I don't see color. And honestly, that's the problem. We don't want to feel like you don't see us. We're trying mm-hmm. to tell you we're here and we're having a problem with how we're being like, treated. It's like, hey, guys, don't forget about I, us. I, I think Jane Elliott said it best when she said, if you wish to be treated like an African-American, please raise your hand. Yeah, I saw and that. no one did. No one did. And she said, you must not understand the question. If you like to be treated like an African-American, please raise your hand. Again, nobody did. And she said, that means you must know, understand it, mm-hmm. and accept it, but you don't want it for yourself, which is not nice. okay. Very real. Do you see a lot of, um, how is it now in, in the UK as far as the protesting? Are they, you know, you see a lot of whites out there with the blacks, you know, trying to protest every day like it is here? Yep, every day. Um, I have friends calling me, uh, white friends, saying, how can I help? What can I do? Um, so some mm-hmm. crying on the phone, like, I'm so sorry I didn't see this. How have I been oblivious to it? And sometimes, like, for, for, for a white person who lives in a countryside who is not in a densely populated area like London, who's not going to see the police brutality, right. doesn't mean it doesn't happen. We've mm-hmm. been screaming this for decades, for years, for centuries, like, yo, this is what's going on. Like, we need to do something about it. And it's not for, it's not for us to do something about it. Only right. you can do something about it. So we need our, our fellow white people to stand up and fight with us because mm-hmm. we can't end this by ourselves. We didn't start nice. this. And there's, the, the majority of, of people in, in the UK are white. They're not black. You need to stand it's crazy up. because I do feel like the revolution is here. I definitely feel like there is a big shift happening. But the reality is it would not have happened if we didn't have so many white people that finally get it. It's like we, we didn't have it, it, they, it still had to be on their time for this to happen. I, I, I'm, I'm not too sure about that simply because I think it, it would have went amiss if not for Corona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the quarantine had a forced focus on everybody. It's like there was no sports, no new TV, yes. nothing to distract. You couldn't even go anywhere. So I feel yes. like that forced us to focus on the you know situations at hand. And I feel mm-hmm. like that, that video of George Floyd just really, you know, how gruesome it was. It, it oh. really Anna took Maude everybody Aubrey. over the edge. Mm-hmm. Yes. Brianna Taylor, you kill someone while they're sleeping. Like, sleeping. I, I don't get it. When you let off one shot, the gun recoils. Like it pulls your wrist back. After one shot, do you not think, bruh, like the person hasn't put their hand up, the person hasn't moved. Let me shoot again. That's two shots now. Then three, right. then four. How do you think that the person's sleeping? What makes it worse is the people they were looking for, the person was already in custody. Oh, that's even worse. They were already in custody. But they don't care about our statistics. Don't get me started. We'll talk for a whole nother hour. <laughs> Man, Ebenezer, we appreciate you so much. Bad no, Romantic 2, the single, yes, Flaws and Alls, a million views. How you feel about yes, that million views, Over man? a million. Yes. <laughs> it's almost, I'm, I'm honestly so proud simply because I, I wrote the song, produced the song, mixed the song, did everything by myself. Oh, man. So you seeing 100%, 100%. 100%. I'm, That's like, why he got on Versace Rose. I fumble the bag because I am the bag. So, like, Can't I'm just... fumble the bag because um, I am the bag. Hey, I'm going to steal that. I'm going to tweet that. I'm going to text that. <laughs> For sure. Like, I'm just, I'm super grateful to everyone who is supporting, especially because I'm from London as well. And yes. for 
you guys to take like take to the song like it is. No TikTok dances, no gimmicks, mm-hmm. just straight music. I'm yeah. just I'm just ever so grateful and like super proud. What's oh, next? Sure. Tell everybody where to follow you, what projects you have coming up. What what do you want the people to know? Uh you can follow me, all my socials are the same. I've kept it nice and simple. So at Ebenezer's World. So my name, Ebenezer, and then S World. So Ebenezer's World. And I have music dropping. So I'm, I'm doing a Badomatic 2.5. And the, the songs on it are dope. I, I don't know if I should even leak one to you guys. And just Come yeah, on, man. Guys <laughs> yeah, um, music coming out like nonstop. In the next week or two, I'm going to have a new song out called Melanin. It's an amazing song. That's dope. Mm, right on time. Yes. Uh, and then I've got Badamantic 2.5 dropping. So, yeah, more music is coming. I promise you, it's all going to be dope. Ebenezer, thank you so much for stopping by the Baller Lure Show podcast. We had a blast talking to you and checking out your extensive robe collection. Hey, y'all, keep it locked, though. It's time for a word from our sponsors. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Message. Dear Rari, my best friend and sister got me in the middle of some bullshit. My best friend dated this dude for about two years and then they broke up. Next thing I know, my sister got pregnant from the dude my best friend broke up with. I had no idea because I mind my business. But my best friend want to fight my sister and me. She was fine before she was fine before the baby was born and said she knew I didn't have nothing to do with it. But when my nephew arrived, it was big smoke and she wanted to fight my sister and me. So we're not friends anymore. Should I try to get my friend, best friend back or should I leave that alone? OK, y'all know me. I, I, I can't do too much drama. Leave it alone. <laughs> Child, it sound like, yeah, uh, you going to be an auntie or you going to be a best friend. Yeah. What's more important, being an auntie or being uh, being with your best friend? I think. Yeah, but she listen, y'all, that was her. I don't know. That's kind of messy. I'm staying out of it. I'm falling back. But if you, you come, if you back. come and trying to fight me, my sister. And you beat my sister up. I mean, am I going to let you beat my sister up? No. Nah, it's like blood and water, you know? Yeah. Which one is more important <sighs> to you? That's a tough one. I But I'm staying out of it. Don't get your fresh best friend back. Leave her alone. She ain't your best friend. Or may, or maybe the but family your member trifling. ain't... And who is this dude? Yeah, I was going to say, maybe her sister ain't really her sister. Or for all we know, maybe her sister has been doing trifling things to her mm-hmm. for years. And the dude, we don't know. The, dude, the dude knew what he was doing too, but hey... Man, right. that's a lot. That's a lot going on. Yeah, stay out of that, uh, sis. Yeah, I think it's pretty much a wrap because even if you try to get your best friend back, I mean, your sister is always going to be your sister. Your nephew's going to. You're going to have to fight your best friend, though. I think your best friend going to fight you. I think that's going to happen. I mean, I. 
if, if they I have to fight, fight and get it over with. Fight. But as far as repairing the relationship, I think obviously like she's going to have to review each relationship because I'm sorry. Sometimes, you know, your, your blood is they might not be the right people for you. You know, um, we don't know. Is her sister trifling? Is the man trifling? Is the best friend trifling? Who is the most trifling person in the crew? And if you can't figure it out, leave them all alone. Shit. And it ain't your damn fault, baby. Yeah, it's not your fault, yo. I think everybody Mm-mm. just need to move on. I think you just need to go on and be an auntie because blood is forever. I'm not sure the relationship with y'all, but, you know, I think the relationship between you and the best friend is pretty much over at this point. Thanks. Yeah, it's like a Jordan and Kylie situation. Just let it be. Mm, good, good one right there, Sue. Well, Baller Nation, we want to say thank you for joining us um, and tuning in to another episode of the Baller Alert Show. Before we head out, though, our very young Ferrari Simmons has some parting words. Hey, man, uh, you know, I was going to go future, but I ain't doing that right now. It's got We got a lot going on out here. Um, and I got to leave with a quote I saw on Instagram. I actually don't know the author of this, but um, I will say it anyway. We said Black Lives Matter, right? We never said only Black Lives Matter. We know all lives matter, but we just need some help. We need your help with Black Lives Matter because black lives are in danger. We'll see you next week. Peace. So glad that wasn't a future quote. Baller alert! The dream is real!